Well, my name is Kara Fama, and I work here at the National Portrait Gallery. Um, as Marty was saying, my background is actually in archaeology, more so than art history. So I'm sorry to admit up front that I'm not a Mary Cassatt expert, um, in case anybody was looking for that. Um, <laughs> but certainly, uh, I, my background in sociology and anthropology, um, looking at relationships, is something that is very interesting to me. And I thought to myself, painting of Mary Cassatt by Edgar Degas, there must be a story there. And fortunately, it did not let me down. It's true. There is quite a bit of a story there. Um, so we'll get started. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, but first, we'll get started with the painting. Um, as you can see, we have a picture of a woman who is neither young, neither old, um, who is leaning forward in her chair. Um, she's holding cards in her hands that appear to be black and white images, um, possibly photographs. Um, some of the other theories that exist is that it could be uh, tarot cards. Um, and we'll get to that theory a little bit later on after we talk about Degas and, and Cassatt and their relationship. Um, the colors are kind of muted. It, it seems a little bit dark. Um, I know when I think of the Impressionist paintings, I think of the landscapes by Monet um, and some of the brighter colors and, and the beach scenes that Mary Cassatt did um, and also the, the images of women um, with their, their children. Um, so it's something that doesn't quite necessarily fit with that uh, entirely, although it does have the brush strokes that, um, that are, are so clearly an influence of the Impressionist um, school of art. So, um, and that brings us into uh, Degas' career, which he considered himself apart from the Impressionists. He never really felt that um, he did not embrace the, the search for golden light necessarily the same way that they did. Many of his paintings are, are darker, um, a little bit moody, maybe even a little bit dramatic, which um, by most of the accounts that I've read match his personality uh, in a lot of ways. And, um, uh, so, and, and also the idea of holding himself apart, um, he seemed to be one who, who really preferred to be an individual um, and not necessarily beholden to any particular practice, um, whether um, the Impressionist movement itself was a rejection of the traditional art schools uh, in Paris at the time and of the, the judgments of the Salon. And um, he was a part of and a force within that movement, um, but also still held himself in many ways apart from that movement and, and you know, marched to his own drummer in a lot of ways. Um, so... Uh, another point I think I'd like to make at this time regarding the, the woman in the painting is, to my eye, she's, she's rather conservatively dressed, um, which I think, given some of the theories, um, particularly about the tarot cards, um, ideas that perhaps it's suggestive of um, something a little more provocative, um, to me doesn't necessarily click, but um, certainly not a possibility that you could rule out. Um, so um, many of the Impressionists, as I mentioned, move their works out of doors and focus their attentions on scenes in cafes, theaters, um, landscapes, and the people that were within them. Um, Degas himself is perhaps most well known for his images of dancers. Um, I know that that's usually what I think of. I think of the little dancer, um, 14 years old, the statue that, that he created. Um, and 
uh, so this is, you know, again, this portrait of a friend, um, which is, I think, a little bit unusual from some of the things that he was doing at the time. Um, so Degas and Mary Cassatt met in 1877, likely through a mutual acquaintance. And this was a time, um, this painting was painted at a time that for Degas, he was already established as an artist and was having some success in selling his paintings. And so he was already well known, especially among the networks in Paris. And for Cassatt, this was very early on in her career, where she had already experienced the heartbreak of being rejected by the salon in Paris. Um, but it also had a little bit of success. She had had um, at least one work that was accepted at the salon um, and had received you know, some, some, some good praise um, from the critics. Um, so Degas, um, when, when they met, he said of her painting, this is someone who feels as I do. And his praise was something that she thrived under. Um, there's discussion that he was a mentor to her but again, as he was independent, so was Mary Cassatt very independent in her personality. And not that she wouldn't have taken on a mentor-menteeship relationship, but it does seem that it was at times more of a collaboration. And in fact, um, at the time that he painted this painting, they were collaborating on an art journal. The two of them were working at printmaking. And unfortunately, that art journal was never published. Um, I don't know that... I'm sure it exists somewhere in somebody's lucky archives, but um, unfortunately it was never published. Um, and in fact, they had a bit of a falling out as a result. And that was sort of the theme for their 40-year friendship. They were on again, off again friends. Uh, she, again, she took his praise very seriously, but uh, likewise, she also took his criticism very seriously. And criticism was something that it's clear he gave more than his praise and was known to be quite a bit stormy with other friends as well. Um, so it was, it was a tough friendship. It wasn't necessarily an equal partnership. Um, but it, it's clear that his influence on her painting uh, at this time as she's learning the Impressionist ways and, and is starting to blossom into her own, um, she, she takes those techniques and makes them her own. And where she has elements of his influence that's clear in her paintings, there's also elements from the other Impressionists that she met with. And she, um, like him, walked to her own drummer and um, walked to the, her own beat, I should say, excuse me, um, and, uh, and made her own way and, and found success that way as well. Uh, as a part of her success, she found herself in a role where as an American in Paris, she was a contact for Americans who were curious about the art world in Paris. And so found herself taking on the role as a consultant to wealthy Americans who came to visit Paris, um, used her contacts to figure out what artwork they should be acquiring. And she advised them in that way and directed them towards the Impressionists, um, also to Degas. Um, and so some of his success was, was from the contacts and the connections that she helped him make. Um, the, the theory about this painting is that, um, or one of the theories that I read about this painting is that as in that role, as someone who had some impact on his financial success, um, that he has painted her here as a tarot card reader, where she's holding cards out to him as if to tell him his future, his financial future, and that perhaps he, um, to paint her in such a way 
uh, something that was considered a, a bit of a shock to her proprietary senses. Um, Mary Cassatt guarded her reputation very well. Um, in, in all of the biographies that I reviewed, one thing that struck me is that it was clear that uh, many historians who reviewed her papers and the papers of her friends and family were trying to find out more details about her and trying to find out, you know, was there more to her relationship with Degas? Was there a romantic connection there? Was there a romantic connection anywhere? And they never found it. They never were able to, to find that. And in fact, someone observed that she did destroy the uh, correspondence that she and Degas had, and that perhaps in that there is the suggestion that, well, why would she have destroyed it if there wasn't something to hide? Um, but Mary Cassatt, you know, the family that she was raised in, she is continually referred to as being well-bred. And at this time, it would have been um, something that would have been a shock and a scandal for her family to have been romantically involved with someone while not being married. And she does write in her papers that she made a conscious decision that she would never be married, that she wanted to be an artist first and foremost, and she knew that that would never mesh well um, with the domestic ties that were required to, to be a wife and to be a mother. Um, there's theories that her paintings of mother with child and the, the theme that she, she worked on was sort of a sense of longing later on in her life that perhaps you know, she was wishing for that same connection. Um, but at the same time, she was surrounded by family. Her family came to live with her in Paris, and she had nieces and nephews that she doted on. And it could just be that she was observing that in the women amongst her. She was also um, very proud of being a woman in a field that was at the time dominated by men. And um, I think, if anything, was looking to cast light on a topic, a, a subject matter that had not been covered um, very well. Most women at the time being you know, portrayed in romantic ways, either romantic or um, very, very traditional. And so it was another role that took up so much of women's time and, and to show some of the more day-to-day -day, you know, bathing and the cleaning and, and things like that, that um, I think she was trying to express there. That, that personally, I think she was trying to express just based on what I've observed in the readings. Um, so since I don't buy the, the theory about the tarot cards, um, the other thing that is possible is um, because Mary Cassatt did say um, when she decided to um, get rid of the painting, it was a gift to her, and it hung in her, her home for over 30 years. Um, but she said to the dealer when she wanted to get rid of it that um, it is a portrait de Gaulle made of me, which above all I want to dispose of. It has artistic qualities, but it is painful to me and represents me as a person so repugnant that I do not want anyone to know that I posed for it. And to, I, you know, I keep looking for what is repugnant. What is repugnant there? Um, because I think it's beautiful. Um, but I have two theories about this. Um, the first one um, being that she's extending um, these, these photographs, which at the time it was very popular, to, especially among elite classes, um, to have cartes de visite. Um, which are little black and white photographs. We have several of them, especially in our Civil War hallway there that I recommend going and viewing. Um, and it, it was something that was a bit of a trading card. You gave them out among your friends and you collected 
you collect them at, at will. And as someone who was on a new scene, settling into to Paris and being an American in Paris, there was a certain stigma that was associated with being an American in Paris. Um, and in some ways, her ability to make connections, her ability to acquire cartes de visite might have been something that she was proud of, perhaps a little bit secretly, but um, this could be a painting that perhaps she feels that she's acting boastfully, you know, that, that it was something, maybe a comment that she made to him or um, that she sees herself as someone who's being boastful as to the connections she was able to make. Um, the other possibility that I've considered is I, there's a photograph of Mary Cassatt that was taken about six years before this painting was made. Um, so she's a little bit younger. And to be honest, she's a lot more attractive than <laughs> this painting makes her out to be. It for as, um, as beautiful as it is, I mean, um, she has dark, wide-set eyes, and her, her chin is not pointy in this manner. Her nose, her, her, figure, uh, her features just seem much more um, pointed in this, this painting. And perhaps that's you know, the tilt of her head, but... Um, as compared to the photograph, but it is, um, perhaps she just felt it was unflattering, you know, the, if, it, if her beauty was something that she was... Yeah, she kept it for 30 years. She How kept it for 30, I know, uh, exactly, exactly. Um, Degas did come visit her, perhaps as part of their friendship. She felt it would have been impolite to not have it hanging should he show up in her, her house. And at the time she sold it, it was shortly before his death, and um, he was fairly blind by then. So, <laughs> there, um, and Mary Cassatt herself also lost her vision uh, later in life. She had tremendous problems with cataracts. So it could be that she, you know, uh, who knows? Who knows? It's a bit of a mystery. And um, so that makes it even all the more intriguing, uh, I think. But um, so Mary Cassatt, uh, the other reason I chose her for this month being Women's History Month, the very last day of Women's History Month, um, Mary Cassatt was involved in the suffragist movement in the early 20th centuries, very proudly so. Um, part of that relates, I think, to a lot of the feelings about her career. Again, being successful in a field dominated by, by male painters for the most part. Uh, many of her female counterparts who she went through school with um, either suffered some of the, the scandal of being involved um, with other painters uh, or else married and, and essentially dropped off in their their production. So it, it, it was difficult. It was a difficult path to make, but at the same time, um, she was in the right place at the right time with the Impressionists because to a certain extent, the Impressionists saw themselves as ones who were already breaking the rules. So, you know, what better rule to break than to have a female counterpart among them? And um, she received quite a bit of acceptance among them and encouragement. Um, but again, held herself apart in some ways and, and felt that it was necessary to be independent, um, perhaps for her own pride and knowing that she could do it herself, uh, which is something I know I relate to. Um, stubborn as I am, I appreciate the, the uh, stubbornness that I, that I see in her and um, I'm certainly grateful for the art that she brought us. So um, i make sure I got all my points. <laughs> I think I did. Does anyone have any questions at this point? I actually have a question. How Good. can anybody look at those and think that they were tarot cards? I, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> but I did. It was a theory that was repeated um, at least twice that I read, and I thought that that was intriguing. And certainly at the time, there's, um, 
At the time that Mary Cassatt goes to Paris, uh, she, she's been in Paris for about 10 years um, before, she, before this painting is made. And um, let me think, 10, was it 10 years? Yeah. And she uh, you know, has, has been going through the traditional schooling, um, and it's very necessary to have um, you know, someone who's there to chaperone you. And there's commentary that is made at the time, you know, before digital photographs and posters and all the rest. One of the, the um, employments of young women in Paris were people who were copyists, who would go into the Louvre and copy paintings and then sell them. And of course, some of them were quite cheap copies. You know, the more paintings you made, the more you sold, the, the better you could do. And some of these women were known for having um, bit of a scandalous reputation that in addition to selling art there were other things that they offered for sale. <laughs> and so her parents were very concerned about her departure to Paris and insisted um, as she went with another young lady, her best friend at the time, and her family was also deeply concerned and wanted to make sure they were settled appropriately and that they went together and that they looked out for each other and that they didn't stray um, and that they guarded their, guarded their reputations. It's clear from their letters as young women in their late teens and early 20s that there are flirtations, there are flatterings that come from other, other artists. The, the Louvre is, is full of them um, that are all there and they're all interacting and talking about the art and so there's going to be comments that are made but um, that it doesn't go any further than that. So, um, Kara, the, I have a question to, kind of to follow up on her yeah. I was startled to learn some years ago that uh, actually uh, her brother Alexander was president of the Pennsylvania Railroad, which in, in that era was a major, major corporation in the United States. Mm -hmm. So I've always had the assumption that, I don't know how many generations back it went, that her family was not just comfortable, but that they were really yeah. upper upper. Yeah, they were, they were very well off. Um, it's interesting, her parents were completely devoted to their children's learnings. And her father was very successful, but essentially retired in his 40s, I think, from occupations. Um, I, I not really remember. Yeah. And, and essentially, it, tracing their family history and trying to read through some of that was very confusing for me because they were constantly buying and selling properties. And they were in Pennsylvania, and they were in Virginia, and then they were back in Pennsylvania, and then they were in Paris for a couple years to make sure the older boy got the advantage of being in European schools. And then essentially, they were in Europe traveling all over the place so that each of the children um, had concentrated uh, education in Europe. The, the idea being that you could only learn so much in America at the time and that Americans had to look outward and that they needed to learn um, from the old masters in Europe and that traveling, that, that to really round out education they needed exposure and travel and essentially to, to see where their families came from and, and how things were in Europe. Um, and so Mary Cassatt benefited from that. At the time, her family had moved back to Pennsylvania. One of the children, she had, she had a number of siblings. Again, I, <laughs> there were a lot of them. It was tough to keep track of. Um, and her youngest sister had some health issues. So essentially, they settled in Philadelphia. Again, another reason why I like Mary Cassatt was I knew that she would, Philadelphia was essentially her home. It's probably where her family spent the most time in America. Um, uh, but... So at her age, when she decided to go to Paris, it, it was at a time when her family um, was looking to remain in America um, for an extended period to make sure that the children's health was looked after. But as soon as they could, I mean, within 
you know, six to seven years of her going to Paris, they, they also move um, to Paris and essentially set up a home base but spend other time in other countries as well. Um, so. Yes. Yeah. Did you run across any information about friendship with Alcott, the sister? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, actually, uh, around the time that she decided to join the Impressionists was when May Alcott joined her in. I'm sorry. Joined her in Paris, and um, uh, essentially studied under Mary Cassatt. Joined her in the studio, um, in Mary Cassatt's studio, and, and learned from her. Um, and wrote back letters essentially championing, championing, championing Mary Cassatt and her efforts uh, among the Impressionists as they were getting ready for, I think it was the fourth or fifth Impressionist exhibition at that time, which um, a large part of the um, uh, motivation behind forming a, their own society was to create their own exhibits so that they could also promote their works and thereby sell their works, make their works more popular. So this was um, a way to gain exposure and, and favor among society, even though critics at the time thought otherwise. So, yeah. Did she, for her university years, I guess she had those, was she studying to be an art? Was she studying art? She, she studied art essentially from 13, 14, 15 on. She okay. started with some of you know the, the basic... Um, schooling for, for girls at the time involved art, involved drawing. And being in Philadelphia, she was um, at the, the, the academy there. National Academy. Thank you. <laughs> Where um, there was a school, um, there was at least 20 other girls that were there at the time. That, that, that was a group that she was a part of who were learning the different methodologies and they would be apprenticed to the artists that were associated with the academy. And a lot of, for a lot of those girls, it was finishing school in a lot of ways. It was just something they did before they were out in society and got married. Um, but for Mary Cassatt, she knew at that time that this is what she wanted to do and she was not interested in society as much. Uh, although she did follow the protocols her parents so dearly wished her to, um, but that she did she did eventually make her own way as an artist. So it was so. appropriate to study art, but not mm -hmm. to do something right. with it. Right, right, right. It was a way to become worldly so you could be interesting at dinner parties, I think, for the most part. But you know, you or you you drew um, the silhouettes of your children and things like that 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 so I mean without photography, how did you record you know, your life around you. So, so many people wrote letters and diaries and, um, you know, drew, drew pictures of their surroundings, that sort of thing. So. Did she ever live in the States again? Did she ever live in the States again? She, um, she did not for an extended period of time. She came back um, 1870, prior to meeting Degas, she came back for a brief period due to the Franco-Prussian War and she was miserable. And she got back to Paris as quickly as she could. Um, she made, I think, at least two other voyages that I remember reading about. One in her older years, uh, which caused such a health crisis that she swore she would never do the journey again. Um, she, she was ill for a number of months and never fully recovered. Um, there's some evidence that she suffered from diabetes and a few other complications, and the journey was just much too difficult for her. She... And as a result, she would at times 
at different periods in her career, she suffered personal losses and would also then be followed by um, issues with her confidence and her ability uh, with her art. And she would have these periods where she wouldn't produce anything. And that also compounded the misery for her. And this health crisis was another one of those where, as a result, um, following this health crisis, she was unable, she didn't produce anything for almost two years. And that was something that was just misery to her as she slowly recovered from it. The physical strain of trying to be in the studio again was too much. Her doctors would advise her only 15 or 20 minutes a day to paint. <laughs> and she thought, well, you'll never get anything done that way. And that, that frustrated her. So. Did you say she sold her painting? Talking about this one? She, she, sold it. she did. Yes, she did. She sold this in 1913. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and her, she specified to the dealer that she wanted it to go somewhere where nobody knew that it was her. Um, so I, I believe he did try to sell it in Europe. She didn't want it to go back to the States, um, but she didn't want it in her house anymore. Um, it was shortly before Degas' death. After his death, uh, he had, his entire collection was auctioned off. Um, he had hoped to create his own museum, and uh, that, that never came to be. So, um, yeah, it's, but it's here now. We have a bit of the, the proposed track. It, it went through several hands before it came to us. Um, but yes, it was bought in Paris and remained there for at least a few years before it went to Copenhagen um, and then back to Paris and then eventually to New York. So it had value as a, as a work during the Russian's period? It did. It, it did. It the subject that had existed. Yeah, yeah, it had um, largely because it was by Degas and probably also because it was of Mary Cassatt, but I think when she sold it, she didn't have her name associated with it. It wasn't to be known that it was a portrait of her. Um, I don't know what they called it. Perhaps they called it fortune teller. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's where the theory comes from. But, yeah. Um, the most interesting thing to me is the white halo. Is there any indication <clears throat> if that has any particular meaning? Not that I came across, but that could be a whole other theory that we could come up with. I, I, you know, just in looking at this, I'm trying to find more details in the background. You know, is she sitting at a cafe? Uh, is, could it be a window? I, and I'm not sure that I can picture. It, this almost looks like a train to me in the background, but, you know, on, oncoming train, I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. Thanks very much. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Thank you.